Nick Saban says a lot of things at his various press conferences, and it's our job to try and figure out what he's saying. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him, Jimmy. Nick Saban yesterday said, hey, we're getting closer to a resolution about the starting quarterback for Middle Tennessee. At the same time, don't think this is the end. This is just the beginning. The last time he said something like that was after the 2009 National Championship, and we took it in a very positive manner. I don't think people are taking this quite as positively. Yeah, the first time he said that, it it sort of led to good things, like a slew of national championships. So hopefully uh, that's the result again. Now, I think what he's saying, I mean, this is the way I took it. And in conjunction with what all has happened in fall camp is I think Saban said, you know, hey, I told the quarterbacks, make it easy, make make it easy. Don't, you know, don't don't look to me to make a decision. Y'all make the decision. Someone step up. And then he intimated that someone – has, although he didn't say it in an emphatic sense. He just said, well, there was some separation and it worked out that way. And I, I, I you know, my interpretation of it was, was that Jalen Milrow has won the competition. Now, uh, I, now I'm further explaining what Nick Saban went by winning the competition. All he has won, uh, if it is Jalen Milrow, and, and we, we believe it is, if by winning the competition in the spring and the summer and the fall and winning the team, he has won the right to start in the Middle Tennessee game. He did not win the right to be the quarterback all of the 2023 football season. That is going to depend on how he plays in the games. So he will start the Middle Tennessee game. That's my interpretation of that. And then they will evaluate him as it goes. Uh, so I guess, Luke, Ultimately, what's happened is Jalen Milrow has won the right to start the game, and the other guys have been close enough to him to where if Jalen doesn't play well, they will take a look at the other guys, uh, Tyler Buckner, Ty Simpson, and possibly even freshman Dylan Lonergan. So we'll see uh, how Milrow plays. I think the tricky thing, Luke, in terms of, okay, let's find stuff to worry about is you know, there's a good chance Alabama's going to overwhelm Middle Tennessee and Milrow's going to look pretty good, right? That doesn't mean that's exactly what would happen the next week against a really good top 10 type team in Texas. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully hopefully the Middle Tennessee game will provide uh, Milrow with some great game experience. And because uh, I think we all have our eyes on game two. It's, it's not like it's not like we're blowing off game one, but Really, I think the challenge all the while has been getting a quarterback ready to beat Texas in week two. But uh, that's that's how I interpreted uh, uh, Nate Saban's comments myself. Yeah, and, and look, I, I was struggling with them. I, I'm trying to spin it more positively and say, you know, and look at it from the light of, hey, this isn't the end, this is just the beginning. I was, I was thinking, you know, I could come on here and say that Saban was saying, this isn't the end of our starting quarterback's journey. This is just the beginning of a long, fruitful relationship between him and our offense. I don't think that's what he meant. 
I, I really want it to be what he meant. I don't think that's what he meant. And what's funny about this is everybody is sort of writing off Middle Tennessee State, and I get it. I think Alabama's a 39-point favorite against Middle Tennessee, and this isn't the Middle Tennessee of last year, which went into Miami and beat them. But at the same time, boy, I'm, I'm – I, I, everybody's overlooking Middle Tennessee State, and I think it's going to be a, 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 an interesting game. I don't know that Alabama will cover that spread. We'll talk about that next week. But, um, you know, it's all about Texas. I mean, I was I, I drove in from Nashville this morning. Uh, I was actually in South Bend two days ago and um, drove in from Nashville and listening to national uh, radio broadcasters all morning long and – Actually, the Danny Cannell and, and um, oh, Dvorak, they both um, have their own top 25 or whatever, and they're counting them down. They have Alabama at number eight, which you know, <laughs> felt a little insulting. And they were like, you know, the, te- the Texas game sort of makes or breaks both teams. I mean, if Alabama, if Alabama loses it, um, boy, people are going to be like, you know, that's the end of the dynasty. But if Alabama wins it, I think people will be like, well – it's just Texas, you know, they're always pretending to be back. So it's going to be a, a super interesting game, but we got a game before that that's going to mean a ton. Right, right. Well, Middle Tennessee is is big because, you know, you only play 12 times a year. Uh, Middle Tennessee did beat Miami at Miami last year, and I know a lot of Alabama fans will blow that off, but it is, to me, significant that Middle Tennessee went on the road and beat a team full of guys. Uh, who who would never choose to play at Middle Tennessee. I mean, they're all power five guys with multiple power five offers in most cases, and and Middle Tennessee uh, knocked them off. To to me, it's relevant of, you know, this is a football game. It's not a dress rehearsal. It's not a scrimmage. And first and foremost, and this will be a little bit of a rant here, I read all the time about, well, don't show Texas much. Uh, uh, Work on – I read one post – you need to work on your passing game. Find some things that you need to work on and do that. Here's what Nick Saban's going to do. He's going to win the football game against Middle Tennessee. That's that's the first thing. And I know as a 38-point favorite, we, we sort of blow that off at Alabama. I've lost a game like this since 2007. I get that. But, no, first and foremost, he's going to take the opponent very seriously. They're going to study Middle Tennessee and have a game plan for Middle Tennessee that they think is going to work well, and they're going to try to execute that plan. Uh, and, and that's how they're going to get ready for, for Texas. They've probably worked on Texas. Nick Saban has talked all, all along. That's kind of a thing of fall camp. They actually work on all 12 opponents during a portion of fall camp. So when that particular game week gets here, it's not foreign to them. They've already seen it. They've already sort of looked at it. And they've already sort of worked a scout team look. Uh, so, so they've worked on Texas to, to a degree. Uh, and, of course, playing Texas was really fresh. And, and Texas one of the few teams that returned everybody. Same head coach, same coordinators, uh, a lot of the players back. So it, it, it won't be uh, very foreign to them at all uh, since they worked on it so much last year. But Middle Tennessee will be about, number one, beating Middle Tennessee and winning the game. And secondly, doing all you can to get your team as good as it can be because they have maybe – uh, the biggest test of the year, certainly one of the biggest tests of the year that, that very next week. Let me tell everybody about Game Time. This is a new sponsor now. It's GameTime.co, GameTime.co, GameTime.co. 
Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. It should be super easy. I promise you I've had to buy a lot of tickets in my time, and it is stressful. But GameTime.co takes that stress away from you. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and any theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have um, you, you need Alabama, Texas tickets, go to gametime.co. And I would do it like a little bit later on because they'll have some really kick butt deals. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Whatever you need a ticket to, GameTime will have it for you. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Okay, Jimmy, let's talk a little bit more about some of the other things Nick Saban said. Um, He said something about the star position. So uh, this is his quote. He said, Malachi Moore gets reps at star. Jalen Key, the transfer from UAB, gets reps at star. Earl Little gets reps at star. Those are probably the three primary guys. We're also working Terry on Arnold to get some reps at star. We want to have three or four guys who can play it. You don't want to have an issue when one guy goes down and you've got nobody else at that spot. Um of those guys that I mentioned, who do you think is going to end up taking the majority? And who do you think has the most potential? And just for those who are uninitiated, why don't you explain what the star position is? Yeah, we'll start with that just for those that aren't, aren't familiar because star doesn't sound like a football position like defensive end, linebacker, safety, cornerback. Uh, Alabama uses that term. This is not a universal football term, uh, though it is somewhat commonly used, but it's really Alabama jargon. And Alabama uses the term star to uh, – uh, it's really the nickel cornerback. When you go to five defensive backs, the fifth guy, the new guy, you know, because you have two corners and two safeties, right? When you add a fifth defensive back, it's usually a guy who covers the other team's slot receiver. That, that's normally – and in the NFL, they call that a nickel corner. That's uh, the most common terminology. But Alabama calls it star nickel corner and the reason it's called star by the way is the first letter is f uh which lines up with uh outside linebacker first letter s sam all s means is strong side right so the sam linebacker comes out of the game the star comes into the game and and they line up you know on in the strong side position as a matter of fact the star sort of lines up where the sam linebacker would line up if you never went to nickel but you don't want the stand linebacker covering the other team's slot receiver, right? So you take him out and you put in a defensive back. So that's why why Alabama calls it star. And, uh, you know, in terms of who's going to be the starter there, I, I think right now it appears to be Malachi Moore. And where Malachi played this ball was going to dictate so much about where the defensive backs line up. If Malachi was at safety, and he still might be, uh, then you'd obviously have someone else playing star, either key or more likely, in my opinion, Earl Little. But apparently, from what we've been able to piece together from scrimmages, from the open practice and from the video and practice uh, photos we get from Alabama, it appears the star is going to be Malachi Moore. And uh, 
here's here's what's interesting about that. When Malachi played this position, he was a starter at the star position his true freshman year. He was a third-team All-American defensive back in, in his true freshman season, which is so rare. And it's so good. It's crazy. And he did that playing the star position. So he's very experienced there. He's He's played like an all-star at that position in the past. He just didn't play it the last two years because he got hurt. And when he got hurt, Brian Branch started playing star. And then, and of course, they never took Branch out. We can see that Branch is a, a, literally a great player who's doing great things in, in, for the Detroit Lions already. So it uh, looks like Malachi is going to be the star. And uh, that frees up the other guys. Jalen Key, who, who Saban mentioned, appears to be probably the starting safety. So when Alabama is a nickel, guys, I would look for Malachi at star and the deep safeties to be Caleb Down and Jalen Key. Now, that's when Alabama's in nickel. <laughs> they don't want to take Malachi off the field, Luke. So when Alabama is in regular, when they're in their, just their base defense without a fifth or sixth defensive back, when they're in regular, I'd look for Malachi to be at safety. I think it'll be Malachi and Caleb Downs back there when Alabama's in regular. When Alabama goes to nickel, Malachi moves up to star. Jalen Key comes on the field. So really, Jalen's the fifth defensive back, but Malachi's playing that fifth spot, the star spot. Uh, you, I was trying to unmute. Rupert. I was trying to unmute. Give me I a minute, Rupert. <laughs> uh, yeah, now with weather, it's hot. It's really, really hot. I was just in South Bend, and, you know, it South Bend – it's fine but indiana is so like right now it's just not bad and like as i was driving south i, I mean you could feel the truck's engine like what are you doing we were just fine <laughs> um so jimmy let's uh let's take a break but before we do that i want to tell everybody about a uh, a new sponsor that is very near and dear to my heart and i appreciate them that's better help um you know, mental health is such a big thing now. I've talked about this before. We appreciate there being a sponsor. Um, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. And uh, it's, you know, it means a lot to me personally. Um, every mental health is so crucial right now to everybody. Uh, you, can, you, you can go to betterhelp.com and find out all about what this uh, website is about. It is such a great idea. If you've benefited from therapy and I have, feel free to share your experience, whether or not you've been in therapy personally. Um, it doesn't matter before that you can do this. Uh, I, we just share your experience with, with us. If you'd like to, in the comments, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you're thinking of starting therapy, just give better help a try. Uh, it's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Uh, that's what's great about it. And again, if you've ever gone to therapy and I have, then you know how difficult it can be to get this scheduled. A uh, better help is there to uh, work around your schedule. That means a ton. Let therapy be your map with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on college today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P dot com slash locked on college they are there for you you'll get 10 percent off your first month it is a fantastic fantastic resource so go check out betterhelp.com slash locked on college i'm telling you it's fantastic go check them out 
All right, Jimmy, now I want to talk about the quarterback situation in uh, the SEC in general. You know, I was thinking today, it's it's kind of easy to forget that Oklahoma and LSU aren't in the SEC yet because, you know, the Big 12 commissioner actually went to Texas Tech, there was some kind of speaking engagement at Texas Tech yesterday, and was um, he said something like, hey, I'm, I'm glad, you know, we were able to push out Oklahoma and Texas a little early. No, you're not. No, you're not. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, everybody's already like, just get in the SEC already, right? And the fact that Texas plays Alabama this year sort of adds to that feeling. And so it's kind of easy to forgive that you can't count, um, oh, who's the Oklahoma quarterback right now? Quinn Ewers and Gabriel. Dylan who? Gabriel. Dylan, Dylan Gabriel. Gabriel. And they also have Jackson Arnold, who I keep thinking about. Or is it Arnold Jackson, the famous uh, different strokes character? I think it's Jackson Arnold. But um, anyway, those two guys, would Dylan Gabriel and Quinn Ewers, would probably be the two best quarterbacks in the league. Jaden Daniels would be up there. But I'm thinking this is – and maybe the league will surprise me. It feels like this is one of the worst quarterback years in the SEC in, in some time. I don't know exactly how long. But you think about Jaden Daniels is a very nice, very good quarterback. But oh, – yeah. He is not in the area code, in my opinion, of a Tua, of a Joe Burrow, uh, a Cam Newton. I'm trying to throw out quarterbacks here in the past. Bryce Young. I mean, just go down the list. He's not in that area code. The second team, all-SEC quarterback, is K.J. Jefferson. Frankly, I'm not sure there's a huge gap between K.J. Jefferson and Jalen Milrow, um, who we don't even know if he's going to start at Alabama. And then the third team is Will Rogers, who's going to own a ton of SEC records, but it's basically due to the system. Let's see how he does this year. So, man, there is – while it's scary for Alabama to not have their quarterback situation settled upon, at the same time, you you got to feel pretty good that, man, everybody's kind of in the same boat. Well, here's my first bet. My first bet of the, of the year for the SEC is this. I would line up the quarterbacks like that too. I mean, in terms of where you would rank them now in the preseason. Jaden Daniels won – K.J. Jefferson, two, Will Rogers, three. That's fine. That makes perfect sense to me based on their career accomplishment to date. But what I really think is going to happen, Luke, is there is no way at the end of this season we're going to rank it the same way. I, I, I think the way you would do the rankings today and the way the rankings will look at the end of the year, it will be almost like you take the 12 pieces to the puzzle and you just drop them on the floor and then you just pick them up randomly, and, and that's what it will look like at the end. It won't just look anything like how it started. And I think it's because the league will get good quarterback play, not from all of them. But there's too many guys who are new who have tremendous upside. First, Carson Beck at Georgia. Now, he's a good – the way I look at him right now, a good player. I'm interested in seeing him play. A good player, but he's got a great cast around him the best offensive line in the league, quality running backs. They bring in the transfer receivers. He's got the best tight end anywhere in the world. Probably the probably the fifth best tight end in the NFL is playing at Georgia right now. He's going to have a monster year. So Carson Beck is a guy that by the end of the year may be way up there. Joe Milton at Tennessee has been wildly inconsistent. But now he's year five. I mean, if it may, if Milton has taken a step towards consistency, there's no one that's got an arm like that guy. No one. I mean, the NFL, that's the guy the NFL is dying to watch this year. Joe Milton has a 
otherworldly arm strength, but it takes more than just that. I mean, the guy that throws the hardest fastball in the entire major leagues isn't necessarily the best pitcher in the major leagues, right? But that's kind of what, what Milton is. And, and he's a guy that could top the list at the end of the year. Jalen Milrow, unbelievable upside. It's not crazy to think that Milrow could have a Jalen Hurts 2016-type season. You know, when Jalen was a true freshman, Milrow's into year three. He could have a Hurts-type season. I remember Jalen Hurts in 2016 was the SEC player of the year. So Milrow, you can't count out. Auburn's got a new quarterback who's very experienced, was a top 40 quarterback last year in QBR. So he's new. Graham Mertz at Wisconsin had some big success. I don't know what it's going to look like at Florida, uh, but that's another new guy. Missouri working on quarterback. Uh, Vanderbilt likes their guy. Devin Leary at Kentucky is a out. Uh, he has an outside chance of being a first-round pick in the draft. And he's got good receivers at Kentucky. I would argue he may have a better cast at Kentucky than he had at NC State when he built himself up into a guy the NFL's really interested in. He's a guy we probably don't talk about enough. Jackson Dart at Ole Miss on three ranked him as the third best quarterback in the nation when he came out of high school. Got off to a slow start and, and after his transfer to Ole Miss. Now looks like he's had a pretty good spring and fall. Jackson Dart has a ton of potential. And, uh, and then we'll see. Some of these returning guys are good players too. So. Uh, I know Connor Wigman, uh, Texas A&M, by the way, got four starts at the end of last year, no interceptions. Trying to do that for true freshmen over four games, no picks. Connor Wigman could be a really good player at A&M. So that's why I think about these quarterbacks. I'd line them up just like they're lined up right now on all these preseason polls. But I'm 100% convinced it won't look like that at the end of the year. And the quarterback play in the SEC will be better than people think. But there will be a couple of fails in there, whether you're talking about Mertz, whether you're talking about Peyton Thorne, whether you're talking about Milton, whether you're talking about Milrow. There, there could be some fails in there, too, uh, when you're dealing with the unknown. Yeah, and, of course, I think the quarterbacks will end up looking better at the end of the year because you do have a lot of pass-happy offenses. Uh, I mean, Hugh Freeze coming into Auburn, their quarterback is definitely going to be better than whatever they threw out there last year, 100%. Um, you, like you said, is, uh, and then all this is assuming quarterback health, by the way. But uh, Wigman at Texas A&M, they bought Bobby Petrino in. Look, that may be a fabulous disaster by the end of the year, just a moped wreck of a fireball, no problem. I understand. But it could also mean that they, they sling the ball around pretty effectively. They've also got wide receivers like Evan Stewart, who is a bona fide superstar. Petrino has built a national reputation for himself as, a, as an offense guru and a quarterback guru. I'll say Connor Wigman is more talented than the vast majority of quarterbacks Petrino's ever worked with. True. So, so we could see something there. And a you know, quarterback I didn't even mention, Spencer Rattler, uh, much like Milton, wildly inconsistent. But now in the year four, year five, I think it's year four for Rattler, you know, once he puts it all together, that, that's an incredible – he just hadn't ever put it all together. Uh, now he's done it for a few games, and all he did was beat the crap out of Tennessee. You know, uh, obviously beat Clemson. So you can't ignore what Spencer Rattler has done at South Carolina. Uh, it's just a matter of will he ever put it all together and play that well every week? Uh, that's the question for from Joe Milton. It's going to be the question for Milrow at Alabama. Uh, it's can you do it every single week? I know this sounds like a cop out, but it's just a fact too. Some of them will, some of them will not. <laughs> 
<laughs> Welcome to the Philip Marshall podcast of complete ambiguity and uh, nebulous answers. But but it's true. So many cliches are true, by the way. But I'm just saying that these guys that are looking for consistency, I mean, history says they, they, they ain't all going to find it, but a couple of them will. Yeah, but you, you know, I, I love whenever I see a Philip Marshall article, it's like, will Auburn be better this year? They could be. They might not be, but there's a chance. There's also a chance they could be exactly the same. Who knows? The season will tell us. I'm like, I knew that. Well, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. You're right. Wrong. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, we think. I think we'll be back tomorrow. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.